Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast originally aired in April 2013, on the 60th anniversary of Watson and Crick's famous DNA paper. In it, you'll hear the voice of Ray Gosling, who also worked on the structure of DNA. Gosling died in May 2015, aged 88. This is the Nature Pastcast, each month raiding Nature's archive and looking at key moments in science. In this show, we're going back to the 1950s. From the editorial and publishing offices of Nature, Macmillan & Co., St. Martin's Street, London. Nature, April 25th, 1953. Page 734. Microsomal particles of normal cow's milk. Page 737. Molecular structure of nucleic acids. A structure for deoxyribose nucleic acid. J.D. Watson and F.H.C. Crick. Lucky me, can't you see I'm in love? Walking into their lab and seeing this double helix, of course, it looked familiar because all of the data of the dimensions was the stuff that we got from our X-ray diffraction patterns. So it looked right, and it was sheer elegance. I'm Raymond Gosling, co-author of one of the papers in Nature, 1953, April on the structure of DNA. Got the string around my finger. My name is Melinda Baldwin. I'm a historian of science at the American Academy of Arts and Sciences in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know that there were three DNA papers instead of just the one, and I think the big reason that the Watson and Crick paper became the one that we do remember is because that's the one where the structure of DNA was published. And I think as a consequence, the second two papers have really fallen out a bit of consciousness. The Franklin and Gosling paper was primarily about crystallographic work. Page 740. Rosalind E. Franklin and R. G. Gosling 
King's College London, Molecular Configuration in Sodium Thymonucleid. I'm Georgina Ferry. I'm a science writer and author. At the time, X-ray crystallography of large molecules, the sort of molecules that you get in, in living bodies, was still a very, very small field. It had really started um, in the 1930s. Everybody was interested in the structure of proteins back in the 30s because nobody thought that DNA could possibly be complicated enough to be the molecule of life. That wasn't really discovered until the mid-40s, and then, obviously, um, it became very important to study its structure. The only time I could get at the X-ray set in King's, the only one that existed was in the basement of the chemistry department. And that was below the level of the Thames, and I was only allowed to play with it uh, in the evenings. What you need is uh, an X-ray source, uh, which in those days um, would have been um, an X-ray tube. I mean, it was a form of technology that was available from the 19th century, but uh, it's a tube full of gas that uh, you run an electric current through, and it emits X-rays. And then... In order to study your, your, your molecule, the thing you're interested in, you have to crystallise it. Um, you surround that in the early days with photographic film so that when the X-rays come in, they hit the atoms in the crystal and they're diffracted out and they make spots on the photographic film. I needed lots of fibres. One would have produced a diffraction pattern so weak that you'd never see it. So I wound 35 fibres round a paper clip and then push the clip open a bit to to make the uh, fibres taut. Sodium thymonucleate fibres give two distinct types of X-ray diagram. The first corresponds to a crystalline form, structure A. At higher humidities a different structure, structure B, appears. And the best structure B pattern we ever got is photo 51, which uh, I took uh, and was called 51 because that was the 51st photograph that we'd taken, Roslyn and I, in, in our efforts to sort out this A and B difference. It's a really beautiful photo. It's, uh, it's very crisp, it's very clean, it's got this really neat X shape. And apparently if you know something about crystallography, this photo just screams helix. What is puzzling, I think is still puzzling, is why they didn't pursue that photograph once they, once they had it. Now, Roslyn was absolutely determined that struck, there was so much information in structure A, diffraction pattern, that was what she wanted to do and therefore put this photo 51 on one side and said, we'll come back to that. I only wish I'd been able to plug the uh, value of looking at structure B as well as structure A. So Rosalind Franklin was working with Maurice Wilkins, but the two of them had a pretty bad working relationship. Um, Apparently Franklin thought that she was being brought to King's College London as an independent investigator who would be in charge of her own research. Wilkins thought that she was being brought in as an assistant. And eventually the relationship grew so fraught that Franklin stopped showing him her data. And she was planning to move to Birkbeck College. 
Somehow, Wilkins got a copy of Photo 51. I took it down the corridor and gave it to him because it had reached the stage now when Rosalind was going to leave. So she suggested that I go down the corridor and give this beautiful structure B pattern, this Photo 51, to Morris. Morris couldn't believe it when, when I offered it to him, that he couldn't believe that I hadn't stolen it from her desk. Uh, he didn't think that she could ever offer him something as interesting as this. He'd only had it for two or three days when um, Watson chipped up. He showed it to James Watson when James came down to visit him and to chat a little bit about uh, DNA. Who, of course, knew what a helical diffraction pattern would look like because Crick had two years previously published a theoretical paper of what the diffraction pattern of a helix would look like. Watson's got this great passage in the double helix where he said, um, my pulse sped up and my heart began to race because he looked at this photo and realized immediately that DNA was helical and that he knew what size the turns had to be, sort of the, this photo contained all of the information that he needed to build the model that he and Crick ended up being famous for. We wish to suggest a structure for the salt of deoxyribose nucleic acid, DNA. This structure has two helical chains, each coiled round the same axis. So it was pretty out of order for Watson and Crick to start working on DNA because they knew full well that Morris Wilkins was working on it at King's and subsequently Rosalind Franklin joined him there and she was also working on it. But it was King's problem. Um, and there was very much a sort of unspoken gentleman's agreement. It, it would be understood that a particular group or lab was working on one problem and you wouldn't then go and, and, and do that one. You didn't go to work on another man's problem especially if he'd got a whole team working on it. In the Watson and Crick paper, it's not credited. Watson and Crick say that they were stimulated by a general knowledge of the unpublished results of Wilkins and Franklin. We have been stimulated by a knowledge of the general nature of the unpublished experimental results and ideas of Dr. Wilkins, Dr. Franklin. But they don't cite photo 51 specifically. And then Franklin and Gosling in their paper say, this photo clearly supports the model that Watson and Crick had put forth. Rosalind's reaction was, uh, I think, typical of Rosalind. She wasn't furious or didn't use the word scooped. What she actually said was, we all stand on each other's shoulders. We had this second, third prize feeling that we were within uh, a millimetre or two of the right answer ourselves. So Watson and Crick um, had their paper ready to go. They, they had the, the structure solved. They wanted to publish it in Nature. 
Apparently, John Randall, the uberhead of the King's College London uh, laboratory, was a member of the Athenaeum, the British social club in London, and so was LJF Brimble, then one of the co-editors of Nature, and so apparently Brimble approached Randall uh, to say, well, we've got this paper under consideration, don't you want the King's work represented as well? And I, I think Watson and Crick and Wilkins had already agreed that they would publish two papers side by side. Uh, Wilkins um, sort of knew that his work was going to be outshone by Watson and Crick, but he certainly wanted it published. And then uh, apparently after the two of them had agreed to publish the two papers together, Rosalind Franklin said, well, I want a paper on the crystallographic work that uh, Ray Gosling and I did in there as well. And so it was really by conversation between the editors and the heads of the laboratories that the editors agreed to print these papers as quickly as possible. So uh, famously, the three DNA papers were not peer-reviewed. I think that was quite typical for the Brimble and Gale editorship, that they placed a lot of trust in particular laboratory heads and particular friends in the British scientific community. And so if Lawrence Bragg said that something was good and important, they were going to print it. There wasn't a huge fuss made, even in even within science, um, uh, about the DNA structure um, until probably the the early sixties when the code began to be cracked. Because uh, obviously, the as as Watson and Crick famously said, it had not it escaped. Has not their escaped notice. our notice that the specific pairing we have postulated immediately suggests a possible copying mechanism for the genetic material. Um, but the actual code wasn't cracked until the early sixties. Uh, and that was when um, the, the, the power of this discovery really started to, to make a big difference. Life is a beautiful thing As long as I hold the string Elsewhere in Nature, page 757, appointments vacant. Physicists wanted for fundamental research on felt and applied research in the felt-making industry. The British Hat and Allied Felt Makers Research Association, Manchester. Page 716. Department of Scientific and Industrial Research, UK. The gross expenditure of the department was 5.5 million pounds, as against 5 million in the previous year. What a the climbing of Mount Everest and the coronation of the Queen and all these things came together so that 53 uh, in that lab was seen as an almost miraculous time. Everywhere you looked, you could see that it fitted a double helix. It was uncanny. It just screamed at you. I'm often asked, Ada, how long would it have been before we as a group saw that, and I really don't know the answer to that. It was a stroke of genius on his part. What a world, life is fine, my baby loves me. Nature, annual subscription six pounds, payable in advance, postage paid to any part of the world. The Nature Passcast was produced by me, Kerry Smith, with contributions from Raymond Gosling, writer Georgina Ferry and historian Melinda Baldwin. In episode two of this 12-part series on the history of science, we're heading back to the 1980s. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.